Hey, 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 everybody. How are you all guys doing? Welcome to the Wimper Podcast, where we talk about all the goofy stuff related to space, astronomy, deep tech, AI, and a lot more to learn about which you won't find much in a conventional form of education. Today we have a guest who is a senior research fellow at the Indian Institute of Astrophysics, IIA. He has currently been working on direct imaging of exoplanets and on extraterrestrial matters. In this episode, we have talked about black holes, God and the perception of God of people, the JWST, humanity's future habitat and extraterrestrial life. If we are alone, are we lucky or are we doomed? This one has been a really deep conversation where we have tried to make the episode as productive as possible. And that's also the reason why this is a comparatively longer episode. And I really wanted to talk to an astrophysicist for a pretty long time, you know. This is the fifth episode of the Wimper Podcast. Hope you enjoy it. How's Swastik? How are you doing? Yeah, uh, I'm great. Currently, uh, Sunday, enjoying my day and also thank you for calling me for this show and i hope we'll have a good time uh today yep sure so, yeah. sure uh, i'm hoping to make this podcast this show as much productive as possible to our audience and hope we have a great time a great time being curious and answering uh very most doubts that i have personally and a lot of people might also have i assume so so yeah okay first question that i have for you is that uh, can a black hole end up in a white hole well uh, basically when we um, uh, to give a reference to this black hole is something which is an object uh, that forms after a star is dead a massive star not mm-hmm. like our sun mm-hmm. our sun will not end up as a black hole it will end mm-hmm. up as a, mm-hmm. a, a different mechanisms so black hole is something which has been detected so far and which has been uh, observed uh, mm-hmm. by astronomers recently, you can have seen. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, white hole, white hole is something that is still not yet detected, not di- uh, discovered. And uh, I would not say it to be a science fiction at this stage, but uh, to be honest, it's something like intermediate. We are not sure whether that exists or not, or that uh, can happen or not. Because, uh, I mean, ruling it out is also not good because it's science, right? It's all that we need to experiment. And then we come out, right? Few mm-hmm. years back, even people were skeptic whether black hole existed or not. But we yeah. detected black hole, right? We have mm-hmm. image. So at yeah. this stage, we need to um, look into, uh, wait for a little more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I am sure we'll get it some answers to mm-hmm. this. Yeah. So, um, so because you said that a, uh, a black hole can only be made out of something more massive than a sun. So what yes. technically needs to be the size of that object uh, or whatever the star is, like can, can yes. be precise. What do you have with that? Well, uh, mm, uh, black holes comes in two masses, basically. It's not like you have uh, one type of black holes or, or something. Mm-hmm. One, we call it supermassive black holes and mm-hmm. one we call low mass black holes. So now the mm-hmm. interesting thing is 
uh, when I say in terms of mass, the the star's mass should be more than around 10 uh, mass of the sun or more than that basically, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. whenever you have a star, it ends up in uh, mostly three of these stages. Mm -hmm. So basically a sun-like star would end up as a something we call as white dwarf. When mm -hmm. its life cycle is over, it will end up as a white dwarf. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, when we look uh, for slightly massive star, it would end up something we call as a neutron star, right? Mm -hmm. we, neutron star is nothing but a kind of a star which consists of neutrons and then uh, it's very dense. And then if you, if the star is more massive, then mm -hmm. it will end up as a black hole. Now mm -hmm. we believe that the most of the black holes that we see come from the death of the massive stars, more than 10 uh, mm -hmm. solar mass. Solar mm -hmm. mass, one solar mass is basically the mass of the sun. So mm -hmm. more than 10 solar mass is expected. But again, the, uh, it all depends on uh, what system it is in, uh, what kind of environment it is there. There are a lot of conditions. Mm -hmm. So precisely uh, the limit mm -hmm. is not extremely sharp that, okay, if it is more than nine, you can just simply say this will end up there. But somehow there is a general consensus that, yeah, somewhere between 10 should be able to produce mm -hmm. uh, black hole or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, quite a while ago, I read this book by Stephen Hawking. Uh, it's actually right up here, but I just don't remember the name. Yep, I can't okay. even see it here. I can't even see it here. I, I think it was uh, it was uh, uh, probably the theo uh, theory of everything. Of I don't remember. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think you are correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in that, he introduced the Chandrasekhar limit, which he said precisely yes. that uh, if any star, which is 1.5 times the mass of the sun, which... Basically, uh, an Indian scientist named Chandrasekhar calcul calculated any star that is precisely the 1.5 times the mass of the sun can or has the ability to become a black hole. So um, I would like yeah. to correct you on this. Basically, mm -hmm. what he meant to say, uh, it could mm -hmm. be slightly misunderstood. Uh, Interpretation, yeah. Uh, in interpreted is basically Chandrasekhar limit is the mass limit beyond which you have a white dwarf and mm -hmm. it explodes to form a supernova, not a black hole. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, so it is also a part of the stellar stages, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, what happens is, let's say our sun will end up as a uh, white dwarf. That's what I said. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, that white dwarf will have some amount of mass, whatever mm -hmm. the mass can be. Right. And it will be in a uh, kind of stable state, let's say, for mm -hmm. some time. Now, mm -hmm. if there is any companion, let's say you have another sun or another star moving around, mm -hmm. this white dwarf will accrete mass onto its surface mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. now once it exceeds this chandrasekhar mass limit mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. that is 1.54 now that itself is also a part of research where people have shown that it need not be exact 1.54 but mm -hmm. at lower mass limits also people can do it i mm -hmm. think when uh, stephen hawking wrote the book uh, it was mm -hmm. I think, probably around early 2000s yes so, yes but then later research have showed that uh, it mm -hmm. is possible that you can even get it uh, at lower mass limits. Hmm. Nonetheless, if it exceeds, then it ends up in an explosion, which we call it as a supernova explosion or type one is supernova. There are two types of supernova basically. One happens when you have a very massive star which dies and at the end you have a, a neutron star or a black hole component. The other type of supernova is when you have a white dwarf and it accretes matter and exceeds the Chandrasekhar mass limit, then hmm. it ends up as a, uh, a kind of Type one is supernova. So, mm -hmm. uh, to 
to my knowledge i think he was referring to this event which uh, this explosive events which mm-hmm. uh, a- a results in this so uh, are neutron stars any different from pulsars no i think uh, pulsars are basically the pulsating neutron stars they have mm-hmm. uh, fixed frequencies mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, kind of uh, i mean there are different types of pulsars you have millisecond pulsars and uh, so I what mean, do they do like, the... what do pulsars do uh, technically well uh, they kind of spin what you measure from here is the mm-hmm. uh, magnetic field and this rotation of this pulsars when i say a millisecond pulsar i'm talking about the rotation period of this magnetic field and all the things associated with this the pulsars mm-hmm. are actually for basically kind of uh, neutron stars in which you can actually uh, detect uh, this kind of magnetic fields mm-hmm. uh, basically let's say uh, it also depends on the orientation the orientation is very important here you have to remember mm-hmm. let's say you have a pulsar system like this and if it is rotating around this direction right let's mm-hmm. say you are standing somewhere uh, at a distance here and their pulsar is uh, pulsating in this direction then you will not be able to measure uh, the mm. component right mm. of these things now mm. if it has the orientation along your line of sight let's say mm. you are here mm-hmm. and the pulsar is emitting in this direction then you can compute the pulsating period of this mm. so somehow we uh, we distinguish between neutron star and pulsar is mm. by this way that uh, mm. the one for which we measure we call them pulsars whereas in general they are neutron stars Mm-hmm. So uh, the the thing that you said that uh, its point of view or or its location of pulsating should be right in front of us uh, at a face so that we, w- some, we would be yes, able to yes. calculate yeah. it, right and yes it, so there are some angles in that I mean you can uh, there is some I think it, it has there are some specific uh, angles in which you can actually detect it did not be exact face on but it can have slight angle or inclination so you can measure the sign component of mm-hmm. uh, the measurement but let's say if it is exactly like in this direction then mm-hmm. I- even if you try to measure the component it's mm-hmm. uh, it will come zero right so mm-hmm. you will not be able to measure so based mm-hmm. on that uh, there are kind of uh, distinctions on pulsars but uh, mm-hmm. pulsars are, uh, are basically the neutron stars okay okay but but they have just higher amounts of magnetic and energy fields uh, within them so that is coming from the i mean uh, the neutron star itself neutron stars mm-hmm. are actually formed from neutrons right and mm-hmm. they are orbiting very fast i mean mm-hmm. and that is the reason why you have such a strong uh, i mean there people call it like uh, neutron degeneracy pressure and there are other I, i don't want to go into so deep technical terms but basically you can imagine that you have lot of neutrons mm-hmm. and you have put all of them together in a very small compact space right Mm-hmm. and that is what it's creating these kind of uh, enormous phenomenons basically so, neutrons uh, and neutrons mm-hmm. do not act, i mean neutrons i mean two you cannot bring two protons together or two neutrons mm-hmm. together right it's mm-hmm. not so easy i mean Definitely. because of their uh, nuclear forces and other mm-hmm. forces but mm-hmm. then uh, in this case given the pressure mm-hmm. enormous pressure they are all clumped up together so that's mm-hmm. why these things but see. probably we can bring nucleons closer because nucleons are basically capsules of protons and neut- neutrons right so yeah, that so, ma- make, yes. that makes things easier for us yes but in anyways, this case basically we, yeah. yeah in this case mm-hmm. we call it neutron star because uh, most of them uh, at the latest of these of course not uh, someone who is really very expert in neutron stars but 
what to my knowledge uh, mm -hmm. all these protons and uh, these things are actually basically make up made up of quarks and then mm -hmm. ultimately if you look into the lower level all these are uh, formed in the form of neutrons and they are in the neutron star so you have a, a very huge uh, kind of uh, density of these element i remember in some papers people have mentioned that if you take one spoon of neutron stars it will be uh, it, it will mm. weigh a huge uh, yeah, like that. maybe a way too heavy for someone to hold it or even probably yeah. some just minimal to the fraction of the earth something like that somewhere yes it, something yeah. like that mm. yeah exactly so there are some uh, mm. this thing but yeah no one has measured actually but it, uh -huh, yeah. it, these are all coming from ha uh, different yeah. kind of calculation mm. yeah so there are mathematical calculation which have established that what should be the typical mm. mass of a neutron star mm. given its size uh, i mean you know the size you know the mass so mm. basically you can and you can compute the density from mm -hmm, no, normal mathematics mm -hmm. Okay, uh, another question that I want to, to ask you, this is like an entire flip of the previous one, but uh, how accurate are mythologies around the world to today's proven research about space? Okay, uh, so basically uh, you have to uh, look this question into a little different perspective. When you say how accurate or how good they were in the measurements, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to think about the prior at that time, right? Mm -hmm. Basically, uh, uh, let's say uh, most of these constellations and mm -hmm. all that we see, right? Uh, I mean, Greek constellations and mm -hmm. Indian uh, constellation, which we call Rashi and all. Mm -hmm. So you have to think that why these came, why these things came in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a very famous uh, story. I don't know how true it is, but it, it's popular in the community that uh, there used to be uh, in Greece or somewhere, people used to do farming, right? Mm -hmm. They used to mm -hmm. sow their crops and then they used to do the farming. Now, the farmers did not know when to cut their crops, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they did not know when to cut their crops. And then uh, there ran a story that whenever in the sky you mm -hmm. see this goddess, uh, above you, that is the time you should cut the crops. Mm -hmm. So then they used to believe this. So it's mm -hmm. not a kind of a myth or something, but basically mm -hmm. the earth rotates around mm -hmm. the sun, yeah, and whenever because, that constellation comes, yeah, uh, it, yeah, like like the cancer can be seen during the summertime, or this one can be yes. seen during the winter. Yes. So yeah, that that's how yes. they used to predict. It. So uh, in that way, uh, mm -hmm. they say that whenever you see this goddess on the sky, mm -hmm. that means that it is the time that goddess is happy, and you can go and cut your crops so mm -hmm. this this is one of the story and slowly by slowly uh, what happened is there is a concept of astronomy because mm -hmm. people knew how to study the position of the stars mm -hmm. right there there have been different different studies on that right mm -hmm. but then the major problem came was the people who were not much aware of the scientific uh, things at that time so to understand them maybe to explain them easily mm -hmm. like in today's day also you cannot go and explain everyone that Whenever Sagittarius comes up, you go and yeah. grow your crop. Or it's whenever this comes, you cannot explain. It, it's yeah. not possible mm -hmm. to do that. Because right? there's, an, so there's no proper at, date to it, probably. I think. Yes, but then uh, to some extent, uh, let's say if I have to explain you, you do not have any concepts of seasons or months mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's difficult, right? So maybe people started saying, uh, so that it's easier for people to understand. Whenever you see this, you go with this. Whenever you see this, you go with this. Now that kind of created a problem in the society 
people started thinking all these astronomy things to be mythological hmm. uh, not mythological but kind of um, i would say supernatural yeah yeah kind of supernatural also okay this god is coming that means now we are happy now we have to go and cut crop this god hmm. is there so that means now we have to uh, now it will start raining so we should start praying or something like that hmm. so slowly by slowly this happened in greece and this thing on the other hand if you look slightly um, towards the arabian peninsula and all that was the time when arabic scholars started to um, study the stars and astronomy they had a very good advantage over indians and europeans because mm-hmm. it's a desert right mm-hmm. and deserts are um, ideal place to study the stars right compared mm-hmm. to when uh, places which is raining or cloudy nights deserts are very ideal places so if, if you okay, see okay okay swastik could you just uh, pause Most, for a second there's yeah. a technical problem sure. here i'll just fix it we shall resume uh, where were you the arabic stories yeah yeah so basically they had this advantage of um, kind of a desert and deserts are the ideal places for observing night skies mm-hmm. right indian mythology uh, i mean indian uh, astronomy also i would say uh, kind of evolved during that time uh, mm-hmm. there are uh, great uh, people who have done uh, basically astronomy i'd not say astrophysics because physics was yet to come at that stage but mostly people studied uh, the st- stars position and all but the major problem with indian uh, astronomy or the things is the documentation the greeks maintained the proper documentation which to till this date exist and then we can kind of de verify but indian astronomy somehow the documents were lost uh, we do not have that amount of information uh, given what kind of work they have done notably it is very unlikely that uh, they uh, i mean they have not done anything or something like that because given the progress we had mm-hmm, in the field yeah. of astronomy in india it's mm-hmm. likely that they have done a lot in mm-hmm. this field but mm-hmm. uh, the um, the major problem is the documentations and somehow um, in time um, we could not uh, have the entire things that were detected or that were known uh, at the early stages so mm-hmm. it's still kind of um, uh not very clear what progress uh, actually india made mm-hmm. although uh, i mean you cannot simply like there is a saying right you cannot simply start from class 7 uh, you have to go from the lower kgs right so given if we even look into the history few years back i mean let's say 1000 years back people were still pretty aware of the concept of moon and sun and uh, the position of the stars like most of the calendars were actually designed so it's known that actually people uh new uh, a lot of astronomy but uh, mm-hmm. to what extent is something i think we we mm-hmm. are not very sure about that yeah uh and uh, pr- probably because we don't have that much of information also goes goes down uh, to the arab part of the history itself uh, when the britishers were not there in india or weren't technically ruling uh, upon us uh, and before that we had people coming from other worlds the the uh, foreigners and mostly uh, arabians and and uh, i don't really remember what groups there were afghan afghans or whatever but they basically burnt our libraries and all the textures and scripts yes. we had with us so yeah, probably that's exactly. also the reason why yeah. we don't have much information on all of these things what we thought about uh, all of these things or what we calculated uh, how astronomy worked in the past yeah yeah exactly so that's a, a major problem and also mm. there is like uh, uh, why arabic thing actually uh, 
kind of it's still there it's most of the things uh, the arabs used to do they used to add the word al at the beginning right so now mm. there are many stars like i'm um, many words like al zebra and mm. uh, this um, different kinds of stars so they all existed and kind of the western world also started uh, using their Assuming names them, right yeah. even in astronomy people mm. use their names like alpha mm. right mm-hmm. alpha centauri and all this so there are a lot of stars if you see um, which are actually arabic words it lo- doesn't look like it's arabic today right mm. looks like an english word but they are basically rooted from mm. uh, the Ar- arabic, arabic astronomy arabic, yeah. mm. so so some people call that uh, during that time that was the golden period of astronomy to some mm. extent because a lot of things were actually detected mm. uh, but then slowly by slowly uh, somehow people started again falling for mm. a kind of um, different superstition and then science again started to degrade slowly so again there's a story mm-hmm. okay uh so have you seen interstellar well not completely um, many people have uh, asked me to see it i just looked little parts of it but i really did not have time and also mm-hmm. i want to actually see it sometimes but okay. yeah i always plan for it but somehow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i miss it but yeah i mm-hmm. actually got a lot of questions before also regarding the mm-hmm. black hole that we see and how people travel but mm-hmm. i have not seen the movie okay. sorry for that no no problem but uh if you if if you watch the movie if you, if you have watched the uh, like the starting parts of it the opening scenes uh, in it, in those uh, scenes one one of the scientists at nasa is a, he's a senior scientist and uh, he says the phrase and i quote uh, mankind was born on earth and it was never meant to die here do you believe in this philosophy well uh, mm, that's this is very interesting question i mean um, to answer this uh, mm-hmm. basically there are two theories i mean how life actually but not only mankind but mm-hmm. i would say how life actually evolved mm-hmm. right so one group of theory, so basically one theory is that uh, we are all made of uh, biomolecules right there's no mm-hmm. doubt about it we are no all yeah. chains of carbon and oxygen carbon, and hydrogen yeah. right so what happened is like all these elements were already present in the earth i mean any any planet if you go you will have some amount of uh, bio i mean carbon hydrogen and oxygen right you will mm-hmm. have these kind of elements but the right combination is not there that's why there is no life right mm-hmm. because to make a life what do you need you need proteins you mm-hmm. need to build a longer chains of biomolecules right mm-hmm. so suddenly what happened i mean these elements were there and they were in a different form amino acid this and all but then suddenly uh, by chance or by luck a combination happened so that it turned mm. out to be uh, have life right mm-hmm. and from there it started reproducing and replicate replic- so it's like running random dot so random on python yes <laughs> okay yes kind of yeah. it's a random it's a random um uh, yeah the, yes the, kind of in, you, in the nature would, yeah yeah in the nature it all started randomly mm. now some people believe in this mm. while the other group of scientists do not believe in this mm. they say that uh, i mean even i remember i mean might not be very relevant to this but mm. einstein once says that god do not play with dice right so mm. it's like not something that uh, it's all not, nothing is random everything is deterministic mm. so some people believe that life actually origin- originated somewhere in mm. far away space it's mm. not here and uh, we mm. actually uh, kind of uh, 
came along in some asteroid or comets and then hit mm. the earth and then we started to mm. Uh, mm. grow here mm. might not be like humans took a spaceship and came that's not the thing but <laughs> maybe let's say some mm. very micro level of organ like bacteria virus or this kind of organism might have but come from there might be a proof that we and, we originated from uh, uh, fishes or aquatic animals then to monkeys then what we are today there is yes. there is there any proof of that or probably no, uh, so evolution concrete theory on yeah so the, so there are evolutionary theories i mean the birds came because there was not sufficient amount of uh, um, area available to mm-hmm. eat right i mean mm-hmm. the birds started flying because you need to reach the top of the tree so that you can eat plants so mm-hmm. our evolution we came from uh, monkeys and monkeys came from lower evolution so uh, i think uh, darwin's evolution theory and also theories before that or recently it all started from a single cell organism and slowly by slowly it started evolving and then uh, new new species came to emerge although there are doubts about this theory but to some extent uh, many people are uh, many people agree that this might be the case but where did the first thing came that is the yeah. major question here hmm. right so that is believed so that, to come those from those were some trees house. and where did trees originate from probably yeah hmm. i mean not only trees i mean if you look down May, it comes to the, the first level of organisms like if you try to say yes, the, the first... single cell organism hmm, the single cell yes the, Once, the, yeah. the single cell like protozoa or something hmm. i maybe i think protozoa is somewhere in that so those hmm. kind of organism actually came from somewhere else then hmm. they started to grow here and then they formed multicellular organism yes and then because it it is not like a one year or two years gap right it's like billion i mean billions and millions in of years terms of, of giga, yeah. yes mm-hmm. right so it's like in terms of giga years order so it is possible yeah. that yes a single thing might grow up into humans like us right mm-hmm. which is also but mm-hmm. again there is no proof i mean both mm-hmm. the stories are like kind of uh, mm-hmm. we don't know the answer exactly because mm-hmm. uh, why it is difficult again because if you mm-hmm. look into our body or if you look into our skin cells they are all made up of the elements that are all present in the earth as well as any other star mm. if you look right there is nothing unique about it because the elemental composition might vary uh, from star to star but then given our composition we cannot say that we are exactly from this planet or we are from the somewhere else yeah. it's very difficult to say mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the the thing that you said that uh, many scientists or many researchers are denying the fact that this was just a ram- random combination of biomolecules being conducted in a way to form life uh, this has started to take off on the internet quite a bit now i'm 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 seeing people with high numbers of influence uh, that they have also started saying things uh, like nothing is almost random let alone the formation of life uh, they have started to use these sorts of concept like if something happened to a person and then suddenly a month or a week later the some something else happened to that person and both of them were bad or good there might be a relation i mean whatever you can say the hypothesis of these this might not be related to like something like astronomy or stuff but the randomness of things or being them being random they, they that that theory is being challenged upon a lot uh, i've seen these days um, i don't know why okay. that happening but yeah hmm. well i believe in the theory of uh, not we call it bayesian or random mm-hmm. uh, i'm not someone who is a frequentist frequentist is the one we, who believe that uh, things are already exist and we just so yeah. there are two views in that i mean it's not 
a part of astronomy directly mm-hmm. but it's like people some group of people say that you measure something that way that's why you exist right so so do Let's you say, believe in the si- simulation yeah. theory then uh simulation i, I didn't get uh, can you just the simulation theory that na, na, that when you said that uh, you do not believe in the in the theory of randomness you you believe in the uh, no, i believe of... in the uh, th- uh, no uh, you what believe I'm in the theory of randomness sorry the... sorry yeah you believe in the yes. theory of randomness and you it... do not yeah huh. yes. and you do not believe in believe the story in the pre- of uh, things being scripted frequent yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. yeah yes so, so why you know, that that's mm-hmm. interesting so, question yeah, yeah. so, so what i wanted to ask you is that um, uh because uh, you don't believe believe in the uh, theory of scripted scripted things or being things being frequent or being known about do you believe in the simulation theory then the simulation theory well hmm. well uh, i'm not sure about that i okay Uh, okay okay no problem i would you shall not, continue I, I with your answer the previous say... answer yeah no problem no no uh, just to an- answer you on that i am not mm-hmm. sure about uh, this because mm-hmm. uh, the perspective is slightly different i am not sure whether i can connect with that or not because mm-hmm. when i say i believe in uh, random theory or when i say i believe in mm-hmm. bayesian it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that i believe everything in the universe is random Mm-hmm. right what i what i see when i'm saying random or when i'm mm-hmm. saying that let's say i uh, i ask you what happened in uh, okay let's say you are in some city right uh, mm-hmm. whatever i uh, city you might be and if mm-hmm. i ask you how is the food of a restaurant a mm-hmm. right i ask you that let's say how is your how is the mcdonald's food near your restaurant mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. you can have two answers you can either say ah the food is good even without going you can uh, tell oh mcdonald's food is good it's very good it's great right mm-hmm. so that's a frequentist view mm-hmm. right even you go or you don't go you measure or you don't measure mm-hmm. you can say the food is good the food is great right upon what basis you have maybe you can look into google reviews or you may mm-hmm. you may have prior experience for that food or you may have heard from family members mm-hmm. or there could be a number of data points by which you came to this conclusion that mcdonald's food is very good okay. tasty right? right you can say that the other point uh, other way of answering this is you can say ki i don't know because i have not gone there today mm-hmm. right i cannot say this unless I, maybe the food was good before mm-hmm. maybe it could be happen that this person might like it i may not like it i might mm-hmm. not know or uh, mcdonald's might not be open today that also mm-hmm. is a question uh, fact right it's sunday mm-hmm. maybe the employees are on leave maybe the chef is not there it could be possible right Mm-hmm. so these are the two countering views right so one group of people say that even if you measure or if you don't measure the facts are not going to change the sun is going to be there moon is going to be there mcdonalds is going to be there food is going to be tasty mm-hmm. the other view is that if you don't measure you cannot say if you measure then only you can say that this is truth right and then there is always a chance whether that's going to be correct or wrong right there is always a 50 50 chance that mm-hmm. your mcdonald's food today might be bad or good so when i say of random things when i say that i believe in random things what i am trying to say is unless i make a measurements mm-hmm. i cannot see uh, i cannot give an answer to that mm-hmm. okay again right so that mm-hmm. is the view uh, different mm-hmm. people sometimes misunderstand this that's that's where i'd like to bring the clarification people sometimes think that whenever people talk of bayesian or random they mean that oh the things are going to be random i mean 
people yeah. confuse uh, possibilities and probabilities there's a very famous from some uh, web series like i watched that people confuse between possibilities and probabilities probabilities are something there are uh, concrete values whereas possibility is like you can go to your bed and get 1 million pounds today which is mm. which doesn't make sense right it's, uh, it's just a possibility yeah. this the probability is zero the probability mm. is zero in that case but there can be a possibility so mm. people confuse these mm. two terms very easily uh, uh to introduce the probability of something being uh, zero i read this fact somewhere and it was something like if the probability of something is 1 is to 10 to the power 50 then that thing is near to being impossible to be conducted or being happen that event whatever it is 1 1 is to 10 to the power 50 if that's the probability of something so even if i say that is this thing that what you're saying that hypothetically that uh, if i gain 100 100 pounds or, or probably even more than that or whatever in less than a night then 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 that can't be the case but yeah that that's also that's also a problem but because you do the calculations on it and there's yes. a high high probability yes, that yes. it can happen and at the same time it cannot happen so that that's a problem yes. too so the, with this theory yeah that's a problem too. yes mm-hmm. so uh, to answer this like uh, somebody i just don't ask me how they calculated but i read <laughs> i found this interesting yeah. so i want to share with you so somebody calculated let's say you take a car you take a mercedes and you hit the himalayas and what is the probability that you cross the himalayas without crossing it without damaging your car right mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. did some kind of crazy calculation mm-hmm. you have a mountain you have a mm-hmm. car and mm-hmm. you cross it somebody found that the value is greater than the age of the universe yeah. right yeah. so one by greater than the age of the universe Uh, the number of the probability, the probability of- that means if you try yeah the probability mm. so in those cases one can safely assume the probability to be zero even though the probability is not zero mm-hmm. it's very very small it, tend, it tends to be it's yeah. not zero mm. it tends to it be. tends to zero yeah. right because uh, anything greater than the age of the universe you cannot conduct an yeah. experiment something like that right mm-hmm. so yeah i mean nothing is zero of course uh, in of course, yeah. true sense because it's mm-hmm. probability mm-hmm. i mean if you say something is zero probability that means mm-hmm. you are against you very guarantee upon that yeah yes mm-hmm. yes so you are again believing in the frequentist thing so that mm-hmm. means ah probability zero means this is this has to happen or probability mm-hmm. one means this has to happen mm-hmm. right yeah but probability is not that it is just a distribution distribution so that, yeah uh, there are yes I get that. Mm-hmm. There is a good chance that sun sun will rise tomorrow, also, right? But there mm-hmm. are very 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 small chance small that chances. Yeah. we might not see tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we might, might not have a sun tomorrow. Okay. Um. Yeah. So the question that I asked man, if whether you believe in this philosophy, mankind was born on Earth and it was never meant to die here. Are there any like ongoing projects on this same philosophy on this same theory? Yeah. So. Um, of course the internet is already there and people have heard that elon musk is planning to shift to mars and mm-hmm. bill cullen is there mm-hmm. uh, create a kind of um, mm-hmm. destroy the polar uh, things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. make water out of it and mm-hmm. start sustaining heat up life the, heat up the well planet. i am heat up the planet well i do not to it, it's my opinion mm-hmm. i believe we have already destroyed earth and yeah. i think we need some more kind of uh, little more time so that before we destroy another planet Mm-hmm. it's okay for science scientific progress i mean we should work on science try to yeah. make colonies on mars build it yeah. but 
we should not we also have to be careful that we do not mm. destroy the planet yeah. or we do not destroy the infrastructure whatever the things are there in the natural habitat we should not be uh, destroying so mm. this has to be done in a very uh, kind of rationalized thought processing and mm-hmm. scientific way it's yeah, not like he he said it jokingly decided, anyways yeah but anyways but mm-hmm. uh, in future i mean it's not, if not elon musk somebody else will again do it i'm pretty sure right mm-hmm. humans are kind of so in future if, if if we have to have mars at at least now i don't think uh, mars is a possibility given the uh, distance it is from the earth mm-hmm. it takes a lot of time even if yeah. you make the fastest communication uh, it still it takes 3 months in to yeah kind of more i mean to bring the material each way mm-hmm. or the other yeah. right? to 6 months let's mm-hmm. say plus minus because six and, and plus not, you have to tw- wait for 24 months so that uh, the uh, 26 you can again remember yeah to have them the closest yes, yeah, the close yeah closest to each other to have the have both the closest, closest to each other, other. yeah so the, the, uh, technically it's not possible but uh, i i i mean down the line in 5200 years we should at least be able to mm-hmm. if not humans playing there mm-hmm. uh, but uh, at least we should have made more scientific progress based mm-hmm. on setting up small small artificial colonies with plants growing mm-hmm. plants there fruits there these kind of things can be done but i don't think uh, in next 100 years we sh- at least uh, we will be having shopping malls and hospitals in mars mm-hmm. it's it, it's mm-hmm. very unlikely mm-hmm. given the progress we are uh, making mm-hmm. slowly right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's um, it, it's time uh, taking see mm-hmm. again uh, just to bring uh, you, to make it less. when smartphones initially kind of came in the market mm-hmm. you can see the first 5 years the growth was very fast mm-hmm. you saw that people used touchpad phones black and mm-hmm. white then color then came touch phones then mm-hmm. came uh, this uh, smartphones then mm-hmm. came very good cameras and mm-hmm. then slowly by slowly it, people started modifying it so it's kind mm-hmm. of reached a saturation right mm-hmm. in terms of technology unless mm-hmm. there is a very big break- breakthrough breakthrough again yeah i the, mm-hmm. the phones innovation will uh i mean of course you can always keep increasing mm-hmm. the ram and hard disk mm-hmm. and all but but in terms of innovation don't i don't it. don't they, in fact they don't understand yeah, it of. that much too yeah so they they don't mm-hmm. require it that much mm-hmm. so in terms of uh, rocket science and uh, propulsion technology also we mm-hmm. need a very big breakthrough that mm-hmm. means like we should be able to reach mars in a day or mm-hmm. uh, maybe in one week or something like that. unless yeah. we have some kind of breakthrough it is difficult but i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we will uh, mm-hmm. i mean people are working on it mm-hmm. uh, scientists are mm-hmm. on it and we should be mm-hmm. but right now the goal is mars for mm-hmm. uh, obviously for elon musk obviously um, not for everybody it should yes. not be for everybody we have yes. other things to do yeah i mean uh, yes so uh, i mean even if we start looking into mars we have to be very 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 careful i mean mm-hmm. we should not do something that kind of uh, destroys the entire Yeah, uh, yeah because now at least you, you, mm. yeah we can mm. say that oh if earth is gone we still have a planet but mm. if mm. mars is gone you don't have anything mm. uh, this side you have jupiter which is you cannot survive mm. in jupiter or vin vin venus you're gonna, is you're gonna get planet. crashed on jupiter the amount of atmosphere yeah, so, yeah yes it's a gaseous planet you don't have much mm. this thing. so so it's uh because you uh, started introducing mars uh, in into the conversation so uh i i am uh, not going not going to say that i'm not a supporter of the fact or the or the initiation of the process that people are trying to go, get to other planets and even pro- probably try making civilizations over there i'm not like opposing that entirely but i would say 
picking Mars as an option for our next extra uh, extraterrestrial uh, extraterrestrial planet or something like a new home uh, sort of category it's i don't think that mars is a really wise option and why i say that is uh, i think as i i saw a couple of videos and read a few articles on this too and um not following the hype i found that venus was a uh, even venus was a better option for us even though it's very hot I don't know how they said that. Yes. And, yeah, and and then there was also the moon of Jupiter, which was Titan. It's even better than that. So probably the best option for us would have been Titan rather than doing anything like Mars. So I don't know why. Well, why, yeah. Yeah. This is happening on technically Mars because you know we have all these scientific and the science fiction movies that Mars has aliens, and since we were kids, we were all told that Mars has aliens on it and all that stuff. Though. we didn't find anything and then today we have people trying to go to go go to mars but yeah it's a good scientific exploration but i don't think it's a good place to be situ- situated at or have as an as a habitat so yeah hmm. so basically uh, to answer your question in one word it's the distance that matters right so hmm. jupiter's moon is like very far away hmm. so let's say i think it takes around uh, of course uh, today's with uh, nasa's any uh, popular mm-hmm. saturn rockets or whatever mm-hmm. if you take and if you want to land humans on that it, it's going to be around a year right mm-hmm. more than that actually mm-hmm. uh, venus the major problem that i find why it's venus is not uh, yeah so there is a greenhouse effect basically it has a lot of carbon monoxide that's the thing that's why i said i think that's the reason why i said the only problem with titan is the distance otherwise distance uh, yes. yeah otherwise the atmos- at- atmospheric conditions of both the both the planets that we talked about venus and mars both are terrible and t- titan has way yes. better conditions on it though the distance is yes. but i don't think that is that is yes. a concern even if it's taking a lot of time to go go to that. for example even a year also to get to get to titan and then probably even come back in a year again I don't think that's a that's a problem. That's a technology problem. That's not a nature's problem. That's because a technology. Problem. That's fixable. Yeah. We cannot fix the we we yes. we cannot fix the atmospheric conditions of a planet. That's very hard. We are not gods. We are humans. You know. So that's well. Uh, very, that itself is problem. also kind of uh, mm. not uh, impossible because yeah. See, basically, you have carbon dioxide, then, right? Also, so, depends on what you mean by atmospheric conditions. If you're just trying to solve the uh, you know. Uh, Uh, the temperature problem with uh, nuking the planets as what elon musk said that can be solved probably no, no, but no, other conditions i don't know how would be we would be able to solve that yeah yeah we we actually need mm-hmm. a lot of stuff i mean venus is actually hot it's also very mm-hmm. close to the sun right mm-hmm. that's another uh, mm-hmm. issue even if you reduce the carbon dioxide level reduce the greenhouse effect um, mm-hmm. it's still going to be uh, hot for most mm-hmm. of the um, yeah mm-hmm. what do you say living organism on earth mars is going to be cold but mars uh, is slightly i mean uh, even uh, on normal latitude mars is going to be like your um, antarctica or something like that that amount of colder but not very extreme i mean people might not be able to live on the poles of the mars or might be i mean depending on how they evolve with time right because people stay in antarctica also with minus 50 60 kelvin or um, centigrade so i think uh, it is possible to uh that's why people chose mars because it's uh, closer it's cheaper to send you can do a lot of hype you get internet reviews mm-hmm. uh, it, it's an easy option for everyone i would yeah. say that's why i think yeah. people 
throws marks, mm. right? Uh, to some extent, to me, it looks like Titan is better, but then it's very far. And mm. also, we do not know what problems uh, it might have because of Jupiter's gravity on it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a moon at the end of the day, it's not I a planet. So it might have different kind of... Uh, I'm not sure whether that is tidally locked or not, but mm. uh, it might have different uh, kind of phenomena, which we might not uh, know because mm. Mars is easy to monitor because we had sent a lot of satellites. Even India yeah. has sent two to orbiters, right? Mm. So we can track most of the events that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Mars yeah. quake and all this. But mm. for... Titan, I think there is not much. We need more study. research. We just on had, this, yeah. Yes, we need more research on that. That whether, uh, uh, I mean, what all challenges might uh, come in future, mm-hmm. if at all we have to settle them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll be moving. I, I think I have even more to discuss on the same topic, but uh, I would not like to bore the audience. So yeah. Um, so the next question I wanted to ask you is that. Was there a necessity for something like uh, the James Webb Space Telescope? Because to be honest, I have been very skeptical about organizations spending billions of dollars just launching that that, spa- that space telescope into space. So, yeah. Well, uh, JWST is still there, the best uh, optical. Uh, it it mm-hmm. mostly works in infrared. Mm-hmm. Although some, I, uh, I'm correct, some part of it is there in the optical, mm-hmm. but mostly it's infrared-based telescope. And some people confuse it with the Hubble Space Telescope mm-hmm. because, because mm-hmm. Hubble is mostly in the optical, uh, in the teles- optical region and James Webb is mostly in the infrared. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, there is a necessity of a space-based telescope. Uh, well, space-based telescopes provide um, something extra that ground-based telescope cannot. Uh, basically, when you observe a star from the ground or any object, you have this atmospheric conditions clouds and uh, atmospheres mm-hmm. and uh, basically whenever there is a turbulence in the atmosphere your light gets distorted right and then you end up in a blurry pattern seeing mm-hmm. it so mm-hmm. uh, when you have a telescope in space you mm-hmm. do not have all these challenges you can simply keep on uh, looking it uh, uh, without any kinds of atmospheric dis- that's one advantage second advantage is that uh, uh, mostly JWST is in L2 position point if I'm not wrong and uh, if uh, it will be able to uh, observe the sky for a much greater amount of time in night be- night based observatories or ground based observatories you can only observe during 6 hours window during the night right we only operate it at night only when there is sufficient amount of darkness in the sky uh, for all the telescopes we start our observations from mostly 7 to 8 o'clock at mm. night and we finish it before uh, sunrises before the twilight so mm we finish it by let's say 3.30 to 4. So we have four, four to uh, four hours here and there also four hours. So eight hours of observation time you get it on mm-hmm. on this. Whereas for JWST, this you can increase this time because it's just uh, at the night segment of the sky, you can increase uh, it considerably in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are all the small technical aspects, but then is it justified to spend so much on this telescope? You know, coming to this fact, right? Yes, it is because JWST will be the uh, will be able. So we do not know our origin, how the Earth form, how the our galaxy form, right? Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, I'm not sure whether uh, all the audiences are aware of this. But let's mm-hmm. say if you look far in distance, it means that you are looking far in time. Basically, distance and time are interrelated in some way, right? Let's mm-hmm. say the light from the sun that reaches us, it takes around eight minutes and some seconds, right? So that means the sun that you are seeing today is now let's say now the sun that you think it is actually eight minutes older that means the light took that amount of time to travel to you mm-hmm. right 
so whatever things you are seeing now is not actually the present it's some somewhat happened in the past and that photon is traveling to you and hitting your eyes and that's what you are seeing mm-hmm. right for sun let's say it's around sun is around 8.3 light minutes so you are seeing the sun after 8 minutes let's say if sun stops burning now you will not realize it after 8 minutes yeah so mm-hmm. basically we are looking the past now let's let's take it somewhere little if you look into uh the nearest planet system which is around 2.3 light years or somewhere roughly in terms of light years that means that that distance the light took around 2 to 3 years to come to us right so that means you are seeing the system 2 3 years older from now right mm-hmm. now let's say you are looking at a galaxy which is at around 6 light years or 7 light years or 20 light years 500 light years right mm-hmm. so that means you are looking that galaxy 500 light year or years ago because light took 500 years from there to come right That, that's a simple calculation hmm. jwst will be able to see things that are around th- 13.8 billion light years billion light years right mm-hmm. basically 13.8 is like the let's say that that's the very faintest case but hmm. on an average it will be able to see 10 to 12 light uh, billion light giga years hmm. yeah billion years uh, hmm. properly right so that means you are able to see the past you can see yeah. what happened in the past yeah. how the universe started forming yeah. right so mm. this itself is a very big uh, thing Bridge. to achieve it was not yeah. possible before mm. yes kind of breakthrough because mm. i mean we are looking at the past it's mm. like uh, what do i say i mean it's it's something one have to appreciate mm. right mm-hmm. that uh, we can see the past we can see our formation we can understand how did we form how mm. the galaxies formed right so that's why jwst is very important because we can actually see how we started forming not we in the sense but how the other galaxies the universe, started forming yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. let's say if somebody was at that galaxy and observing at us mm-hmm. right they would not see us then they would see something else mm-hmm. depending on your distance they might see dinosaurs moving in mm-hmm. the uh, earth right because mm-hmm. light takes that amount of time from mm-hmm. earth mm-hmm. to reach that particular mm-hmm. position mm-hmm. so it's like whenever we see in uh, see through a telescope we're actually looking the history right so mm-hmm. in some way yes jwst will uh, provide us a lot of answers i mean that's one side of it just mm-hmm. to add on this jwst will also be able to characterize uh, different planets and their composition atmospheres so mm-hmm. it will be able to infer what the planets are made of at least from the atmospheric composition mm-hmm. and that itself will also help us understand how earth formed and all these things right it has yeah. recently released one data uh, was 39b uh, which has released the composition of that planet so it's still uh, uh, releasing data as a part of its early mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. under progress yes sure. but it's a it's a proposal based telescope it's not a survey based telescope where mm-hmm. you have to write proposal and mm-hmm. okay uh good answer to that uh, i'll have to read a more a bit, a bit more on this so uh Einstein's relativity teaches us that time is not absolute but passes relatively for everyone. And so uh coming to telescopes how do telescopes see back in time uh, in the same way thinking that time is relative okay. not absolute. Hmm. Yes so I mean uh, what Einstein said uh, hmm. uh was from the concepts of uh, if you read special theory hmm. of relativity hmm. he makes this conclusion from the light cone so he says that you can divide the time zones into uh four uh, segments and basically all the objects that you see cannot exceed the speed of light whatever mm-hmm. uh, i mean that that's the main uh if i have to explain general uh, 
special theory of relativity in one light it's mm. like you cannot exceed the speed of light right mm. now uh, these objects that we see through mm. our uh, telescopes they mm. all travel at the speed of light. these are photons right mm. photons travel at the speed of light mm. now einstein said uh, in his uh, special theory of relativity that this past is absolute and all so these are uh, little te- detailed calculation but he showed uh, the- uh, theoretically that if you can move with a velocity uh, larger than speed of light what which seg- segment will you be something like that based on that and then he came up with this conclusion that no it's not possible at all i mean it's also very interesting to think why why the speed of light is a constant it could be anything right Mm-hmm. right there could be upper limit on the speed of light but why is it at exactly uh, 3 lakh kilometers per second it's not 3 lakh but 2.9 yeah. mm-hmm. when yes. we as astronomers in for uh, past we do not say it in that way our goal is whenever light takes a certain amount of time to travel right mm-hmm. similarly to sound wave light also takes some amount of time let's say i am communicating with you right now you i mean let's say you are standing on the top of a very big mountain and i am also standing and i am i can i am able to see you through binoculars right now that itself is also not real time light mm. takes some time from your body the photons will be released so that it comes to my eyes mm. but that is very small given the distance and the speed of the light 2 lakh kilometer per second mm-hmm. it's very in a fraction of second you see yeah. now let's say both of us are separated at a distance of 3 lakh kilometers now mm. in that time if you light a match i will see you after one second because light took that amount of time from you to travel to mm. me right if you light a matchstick i'll see after one second in fact probably right. a bit extra because we have refraction in terms of air but like, kind of, let, yes. let's say but, we have vacuum but, like, yeah let's say we have vacuum but let's say yes yeah. we are in a vacuum let's yeah. say well we cannot be in vacuum because we cannot even light the matchstick i mean that again is a uh, little tricky but, but then there, there is there no is absolute vacuum to yeah right like yeah, yeah, i, I mean, heard this concept also that there is no absolute vacuum there No, so there has to be yes. Yeah. There has to be something yes. Mm-hmm. So, so now, so mm-hmm. this is how we see the past. Given the mm-hmm. distance, the amount of light it takes to travel from there to us, mm-hmm. is somehow we define it as past in mm-hmm. some way. Okay. So I mean, it is consistent with Einstein's special theory of relativity that uh, the things actually travel at the speed of light, mm-hmm. not more or not less. The photons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, get that. Uh, so where do you see like lightweight and uh, small uh, rockets coming up against massive rockets considering both may have different purposes yeah so uh, we need massive rockets i, I think isro also launched a, lock, a rocket yesterday yeah, night yeah uh, i saw so that so hmm. yeah so we need massive rockets because uh, i mean at least now uh, isro has gslv Uh, and PSLV and also mm-hmm. there are other rockets that are coming. Mm-hmm. Well, we need both kinds of rockets because uh, for some cases, let's say if you have to travel to Jupiter or let's say other planets, you need massive rockets because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Of course, with small rockets, if you I don't know, I mean for the general audience, mm-hmm. if you see the Mangalian movie, they kind of push the rocket into a smaller orbit and they increase mm-hmm. the speed mm-hmm. of the rocket and then they release it. You can mm-hmm. do that. That is one way. But then it's okay to do it for mars but let's say you want to travel to pluto or you want to do interstellar studies you mm-hmm. need actually massive rockets mm-hmm. right not only that if you want to do human missions let's say you cannot spend so much of time right that mm-hmm. that small rockets with that precision it is easy uh, yeah. to do it 
But the major problem is the time it takes because you have to give multiple rounds of um, uh, rotation. Then you can get the sufficient thrust and it can go to the moon or whatever, right? Whereas NASA's rockets like Saturn V and all Saturn V, mm-hmm. uh, they were like one-time rockets, right? So they flew and they just directly went to the moon. And it, I think it completed the mission in around three to four days, right? It did not take a very huge amount of time. It did not take one month uh, to complete it, right? So we need, uh, and for our case, if you see, we took a lot of time going to the moon. It took an, almost, I think, three to four months, or more than that, I think six months, mm-hmm. right? So smaller rockets are necessary for small studies and studying the Earth and Earth-like satellites. But mm-hmm. if you really plan in future to send humans to moon, you need something a big rockets, right? You cannot uh, keep humans uh, for six months in such kind of uh, yeah, small capsule yeah. situation, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? It 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 might affect them mentally as well, physically. Mm-hmm. So um, it is That's going to be uh, a problem. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, an- another uh, philosophically hypothetical question, uh, uh, in a straightforward way: Do you believe in God? Well, uh, I I'd say that uh, it depends. Uh, the, the I mean, what you define as God, right? Hmm. It's, it's not. It's a bit, so, it's a well, uh, hmm. I mean, it, it it defines right. So I don't believe in these customs and uh, rituals and that yeah. you pray for that's this a religion. Of time. That's religion. That's so religion. that's a part of the religion, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't believe believe in that. To be honest, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in terms of God, I I'm not sure whether how to define what is God. Mm-hmm. But yes, at this stage, even after so many years of human evolution, we are not able to find out our origins. We do not know our, what our origins are, how we started to evolve, what happens when we die. There are a lot of questions that remain unanswered, right? Mm-hmm. To some extent, to me, it looks like, yes, uh, it's not like someone is controlling our faith. Mm-hmm. But again, at the same time, uh, I mean, th- it looks like some something happened out of something. And mm-hmm. to me, that it's, I mean, understanding... Uh, more and more uh, into this might answer whether God exists or not. To me, I am 50-50 on this. It's not like I completely deny the existence of anything Mm. exists. Mm. At the same time, I'm also not very... uh, Blindly believing that. that. Mm. Because at the end of the day, I'm a scientist and my job is uh, not to take sides unless something is proven. I am always... Uh, a 50-50, whether something might exist, because if I believe God exists, mm. then there's no point of doing the science, right? Mm. Because then God will, every, mm. God has created everything, so why mm. to work on it? If mm. I believe God do not exist, then also mm. it kills the purpose that even if I research, there is no goal, right? So I have to find out how all these things came, right? So both the sides, if you look mm-hmm. into it, yeah. there's always a 50-50 mm. uh, thing. So yeah, somewhat I'm not very stubborn on this, I keep a soft corner that, yeah, it might exist or not. Of course, I respect others' faith and religion, whatever people mm-hmm. believe. But in mm-hmm. my opinion, I, of course, I do not believe in rituals. But when it comes to God, I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's just, it's okay. If it is there, we'll find it out. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, uh, basically, you are an agnostic atheist or agnostic theist, yes, something like kind that. Yes, uh, and 50, 50 matter of years, fact, I'm also I'm also on the same parallel. Uh, I okay. have been told a lot of times, uh, why don't you perform these rituals or why don't you do the puja or why don't you attend these? And I al- always ask the purpose of it and what might it be. And then there would be some, uh, you know, emotional answers to them like, 
you know we are doing it for you we we do it for kids like we fast for our kids or fast for our husbands or whatever but then at the end of the day i don't know if god needs all of that in the event that's in fact, true because yeah. i mean in fact the one who created the universe, universe will not care about you not eating yeah. for one day right <laughs> yeah he, if if at all god exists if at all god created the universe let's say mm-hmm. he would not care whether you have taken your lunch or not right mm-hmm. or you you have been fasting or eating veg or not whatever i mean mm-hmm. different dietary requirements yeah. but he would not care mm-hmm. on all of this i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. if he exists mm-hmm. right so i think uh, these all kind of came from different kind of superstitions and mm-hmm. uh, supernatural like in the beginning mm-hmm. i said that people mm-hmm. used to believe this i mean of course there I was the a question becomes that... more difficult when we put religion into it <laughs> the question yes. becomes different uh, it, it is slightly yeah. slightly different right mm-hmm. i mean i mean uh, not to offend anyone uh, yeah. of your audience but mm-hmm. uh, with progress we have seen that uh, the things that were mentioned in some of the scriptures turned out to be not true with scientific discoveries right i mm. mean i'll not name the religion here but then how eclipses were formed mm. had a different explanation in a particular religion mm-hmm. but then slowly by slowly with science we came to know that it's the moon that covers the sun and then you mm. get this and it's not someone eating the uh, sun for that amount of time it's not like that right <laughs> so there are this kind of concepts which have been tested i mean uh, just another example when we are discussing this i think bruno was a person who actually first hypothesized that there are different planets outside i mean we are not unique right we uh, we are not unique and uh, i mean this itself is a very uh, kind of tricky statement mm, yeah. initially people thought that we are very special and we stay here and we are unique uh, kind of then bruno said no we are not unique and there are a lot of planets and there are a lot of these things right and then he was killed he was burnt to death uh, mm. by the people of a particular uh, it is uh, uh, belief they, yeah. uh, kind of belief and they kill them because it's not uh, be, uh, in line with their uh, thoughts or whatever yeah. is going in the book he was killed and mm. then uh, again copernicus and all these people started to prove that not 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 that we are not unique and there mm. are other planets so that itself is created another problem that people started believing that we are not unique And then, so so uh, in terms of being of, unique what were they talking about were they talking about uh, so they are saying that uh, we are us? at the center us us we are at the center of the uh, universe and everything revolves around like the, like the planet i mean by that you mean earth right as a planet uh, earth, yes. earth is earth, earth is not is. unique yeah earth is not unique earth is, uh, I, I, yeah. i thought that you were talking about the human species in itself no, no uh, so no, no. basically what they uh, what they are trying to say is the earth is unique and we are also unique so that's why we so are in the earth and everything yeah. revolves around us mm-hmm. yes so yeah and that's quite true also so then earth is not unique. yes and then well uh, that is uh, that is a question for i mean that's could be a topic of discussion for other day because mm. earth is also a kind of unique in some way because there are certain things that we find in earth and sun which mm. you don't find in other solar system yeah, or other definitely. universe objects right so that that itself is again uh, another topic of discussion mm-hmm. that why why earth is unique i mean or But is then unique or not when it is. comes to uniqueness um, i think it it could be done in this way like when it's with people i would say like uh, if you put a category of people who are very different from the society okay um, and then you put the whole yes. society in front of them like let's say this is the 5% of the Uh, society and this is the other rest 95% of the society 
so if you start imagining a box it it contain it contains a massive audience whereas if there's a box a smaller box which contains only 5% but they both are in boxes it's not like they are out of any box they yes. have a category they belong to so it's the same way like earth belongs to a certain category earth is unique to this category or probably some category it does not exist in but yeah exists uh, yes it it talks That's about true. uniqueness yeah. in that so yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's something like that. That fifty percent, fifty percent. I mean, mm-hmm. depending on mm-hmm. numbers, but it can be unique in some way. It cannot, might not be unique in the other mm-hmm. way. Okay. Uh, next question I would like to ask you is that uh, there are hundreds of billions of stars in our very own galaxy, and billions of galaxies uh, in just the known universe itself, and uh, which is at around ninety-three billion light years or so in diameter, I, I believe. So. yet no yes. other life form has been found yet why do you think is that is that just a problem with our en- our uh, cap- our limits of uh, you know uh, engineering or or our limits of scientific research or it or is it something else well uh, to answer this i believe that it's still we need to give time to this because mm-hmm. uh, well let's say there are two civilization that exist let's say Mm-hmm. uh you have one civilization on earth and you have one more civilization on some other planet let's say mm-hmm. now we discuss deta- uh, we made progress uh in radio technology in the past few years only mm-hmm. i mean first few decades not years let's say 1930s was the first time when we actually made uh, good radio communication right mm-hmm. and then uh, uh it's just i think not less than 100 years mm-hmm. so let's say if somebody sends a signal to us in order to detect that signal we at least need that amount of time let's say if something as is at 100 light years then we should mm-hmm. have detected it by now right mm-hmm. but let's say if something as 500 light years if a planet is sending a signal to mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. radio signal we have not uh, been uh, for five, we do not yeah, have radio have, dishes for 500 yeah, years for 500 years yeah right mm-hmm. so uh, one way of saying is that we have not given sufficient time to this yeah. we need more time mm-hmm. given that the, because radio communications are the only way that you can detect right you cannot f- uh, i mean it's way. very diff- hmm. yeah hmm. Uh, with telescopes it's not possible given with the current technology hmm. because we can hardly resolve stars right hmm. and also planets you can just resolve you cannot see what is inside what the planet what is in- inside cannot, it yeah hmm. the planet you cannot see that aliens are there or something like that so at least for now 10 uh, at least for 50 years you can be pretty sure that that's not going to be the technique if at all we find the planet only way that we can expect something positive is from the radio signals mm-hmm. and that needs a lot of, little bit more time given that we have not uh, uh, we do not have I mean, radio is not even 100 years old it's it's just a pretty recent phenomenon right mm-hmm. so i think we need to wait for some more time before coming up but there are good chances that uh, there are uh, equations like drake equations and all these equations which mm-hmm. show that um, there are possibilities that there could be life and intelligent life in the same let's say there are life in other planets right but they do not know how to build radio equipment or how mm-hmm. to transmit or how to communicate mm-hmm. then you will not be able to detect them right so again that that itself is a question problem that how do you even uh, classify whether we are actually missing something or is it due to the technological limitation of mm-hmm. either of the civilizations mm-hmm. okay see earth is so old right and uh, earth is so old and we just detected radio signal uh, we just invented we were capable like, invented just 100 years right so mm-hmm. it's like even 
if you look uh, i mean it's very difficult to say uh, when can a civilization mm-hmm. invent radio signals mm-hmm. i think we might have been lucky even if we have if even if something would have taken 500 years but they would have sent it somewhere like in 1500s or so and then it would have reached us right now then probably we have would have been able that to, is probably yeah, a luck luck chance yeah, so luck chance yeah luck so there are studies which have actually i mean uh, i think there are some radio telescope archivo and all they uh, monitor the sky regularly for this mm. kind of signals mm-hmm. but so far they have not found anything significant i mean it's okay i mean there's nothing wrong in it that if you don't find significant because it's all you have to keep looking for signals mm-hmm. right it's not like um, you can always get a signal but so far there is no positive results which can make you happy but uh, don't worry we i mean humans we yeah. humans we uh, we always Uh, have to try to find things and mm. i am pretty sure that we will uh, yeah okay we take something uh, very soon mm-hmm. moving on uh mm, so i would also like to like conclude with that question like uh, there's something about human behavior that it loves to do or try things that have already be ha, that have already be, been done because it's safer and uh, not the same case with exploration and space missions if you see because they are very yes. risky things to do and uh, we love taking risks in, in that field in particular and it makes me sort of confused at times like why are we trying to uh, uh, do exploration in only uh, the part uh, where a few people uh, where a very small portion of the population is trying to explore whereas when when we when it comes to our life like if we try to explore things that what we can do or what we can achieve as a person it we try to move to the safer side of things we try to tend to be settled or, or try to t- tend to uh, tend, tend to tend, tend to not have some sort of danger upon us whereas, whereas it is yes it is slightly like or completely inverse in that case i don't know why is that but Yeah. I think uh, um, 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 I think it it is mostly due to the societal imbalance and pressure. Mm-hmm. Somewhat people look for safer options. I mean, I mean in mostly, terms of uh, yeah, it would say because when we uh, started our uh, school days, uh, people always looked for safer options. Wanted to be doctors or engineers or something like that. People hardly were interested in taking up science or let's not only science, taking up literature or taking up music, arts, mm-hmm. and all right. People were not because somewhere they did not feel that amount of security mm-hmm. in their lives if mm-hmm. uh, they do this right. Mm-hmm. Now then, slowly as time uh, as we grow up, we find we have we want to settle. Let's say family issues are there, these issues are so people mm-hmm. think okay, if I am in a stable state, mm-hmm. we I I can I'm happy with that. I mean, people think their happiness. uh to be the prime concern prime. right mm-hmm. and prime concern and one way to be happy is not, don't expect too much from life mm-hmm. then you will be happy i mean that's also one of the teachings comes from yeah. buddhism where you say mm-hmm. that uh you do not uh, you leave all your greed and all then you can uh, move for i mean you will be always happy if you have greed you will not be happy mm-hmm. but that is not something applicable to science we are greedy yeah. and we are uh, that's why into research i mean greed in the sense that mm-hmm. we want to know more we mm-hmm. want to publish more papers we want to do better research mm-hmm. i mean that's that's how we can progress right mm-hmm. if somebody had thought what's the point of making steam engine i can just simply walk from place a to b mm-hmm. right 
then there would have been no railways right so people actually took up the risk just ignored what society said and then they made a groundbreaking progress i mean it's true for all the cases that you see even for astronomers for engineers for scientists everyone right mm-hmm. and uh, of course it's not like their journey have been easy mm-hmm. it's difficult getting um, in today's day getting a permanent position in uh, becoming a faculty becoming a researcher is very difficult i mean it's not so easy right mm-hmm. it's more challenging mm-hmm. and also if you do astronomy it's not commercially viable right you won't get jobs Funding, in private sector yeah. right mm-hmm. So Probably we would issue, be interested right? in something that is not uh, like accurate or even people thought that it's a vague idea or it's just something foolish and then you found out that okay no nothing is going on in this field what do I do? <laughs> yeah so um, but at the end of the day we love science we mm. we enjoy science that's mm. the point and we mm. believe that life has a motto life is not about only earning and mm. living but also finding new things new discoveries right? Mm-hmm. this is the minimal contribution that i can give to the society not only society but also to the hum- to, to the uh, to the hum- mankind or human kind or mm-hmm. uh, this thing so mm-hmm. uh, that's why we do science i mean i would say that uh, that's the only goal it's not about money it's not about fame but people love science and we love what we do that's mm-hmm. why i think it, it is true for most of the re- 99% of the researchers in mm-hmm. any field not only astronomy yeah mm-hmm. no problem uh that's a really good answer uh, i hope that uh more some people's minds and opinions about how things are but anyway yeah uh, we are almost moving to the end of our conversation so if we don't find anything but ourselves uh, in the universe should, should we consider ourselves lucky or doomed well uh see the fact that uh just take a break mm. and think it again the mm. fact that you are alone mm. or the your species is alone in this universe mm. this is scary mm-hmm. this is really scary that in this vast universe you are just alone there's no one on the other hand mm. there is someone else mm. to find out you have to find out there are other species in this mm. universe you have not found out them but you will find them in future mm. and how will they they will kill us or they will be uh, good with us mm-hmm. this fact itself is also scary mm-hmm. right both the facts are scary mm-hmm. no matter which side the scale balances it's going to be scary mm-hmm. but right now we are in a safe side we have not we are like 50 50 chance okay mm-hmm. both sides it's like danger but at least we don't know which side mm-hmm. we should be worrying it right mm-hmm. now uh, coming to your question i mean mm-hmm. you said that uh, uh whether we are lucky or we do i i would consider myself to be lucky not doomed because uh as a human uh, or we live around roughly 60 years right mm-hmm. and we get a chance to explore this universe right mm-hmm. we i mean even though we are made up of molecules we are made up of elements but mm-hmm. somehow we also have the human uh or like even animals also have feelings right so we have these feelings and emotions and attachment and with mm-hmm. with that with that view we look into this universe even though a rock is also looking at the universe right but it does not have any feeling mm-hmm. it does not have anything it, it is it is also it is also made up of the same most of the similar elements that i am made up of right but at least i have a feeling and i can enjoy viewing this universe and for that i am lucky right i do not believe in after life that again i will be reborn on yeah, this I, i just have only one life yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but 
I think I'm lucky for that because I got a chance to view this universe, to explore this universe. I might not be able to get all the answers mm-hmm. before I die, but mm-hmm. still, um, I will also not be sad because I tried my best understanding this, mm-hmm. and it's okay if I'm not able to get everything mm-hmm. right. Okay, because you said you don't believe in uh, the phenomena or the idea of reincarnation. Uh, uh, a thought came to my mind like just now. Um, so does that mean that we have uh, an uh, an abundance of bodies, but uh, but we lack souls, technically? If reincarnation is possible, well, if uh, it is possible. Yeah. Well, uh, according to the. Uh, incarnation thing that mm. your body dies but your soul never dies that's mm. what I know mm. from this theory but mm-hmm. uh, I mean the basic concept of the soul is like your all these emotional feelings and all that gets transferred mm. from one system to the other that's mm. what I, I, I'm not an expert in this but that's how the things are right well I do not uh, kind of uh, completely agree with this because I believe the entire human body system it works as a single unit hmm. it does not work separately that your mind works separately of course we sometimes think that oh this is coming from my heart or mm-hmm. this it's not like it's all mind that is doing the task mm-hmm. right it's, i mean these are all hormonal things to some extent but it's not like a independent unit people say that think from your heart not from your mind or think from your mind not mm-hmm. from your heart, heart mm-hmm. cannot think mm-hmm. mind cannot breathe yeah. so it's a one single system that is there and once you are dead i mean of course it might sound rude or bad to some people, mm-hmm. but once you are dead, your entire system goes down. It's just kind of a shut off, shuts mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. the entire thing. And then it goes into a again the state from which it got generated. That is the mm-hmm. elemental stages, right? So mm-hmm. it has no life, but at the end of the day, it's, it's just a group of elements. Mm-hmm. And then uh, people follow different rituals, and then you again mix with the same earth from where mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. Uh, were born. I think mm-hmm. there's a very uh, although I'm not a religious uh, person, but uh, I think there is a phrase in Bible which says, dust thou to dust eternal or something like that. Mm. That means that you are made from dust and then you will end up in dust. Which mm. I say that you are made from stardust and then you will also end up in a stardust. Mm. Right? So, I mean, yeah. I don't believe that souls exist, mm. but uh, it's all our, uh, we believe that it's all we Okay, as, uh, that as is one unit and, and as mind. one bodies, as one consciousness. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. And when we die, we are dead. We are, we are just, it's just a shut off or an end of a whole situation or a whole uh, Yes, process. end of a, end of, yeah. yes. Hmm. You can think it's the end of a project, hmm. that's it. If hmm. God is there, it, hmm. he, he or she might think that it's the hmm. end of a project. Hmm. So Nothing one project else. is gone, hmm. that's it. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we had a really interesting and deep conversation today. Uh, it's over an hour. Our, our, I suppose we planned it to keep it within an hour, but it was so deep and interesting that uh, I actually didn't even lo- look at the clock and on the timer as well. So, yeah, thank you, Swastik, for coming to the episode. And um, uh, I still had a lot of questions to ask you, even in my mind. In fact, I have it beside on my script. But, yep, we are... Um, out of time so uh, yeah thank I you understand that completely yeah. And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah so i mean uh, even to be honest 
if even if we take 10 hours of time for discussing yeah. space i think no it will be that, yeah. not sufficient because uh, uh, it's it will not be sufficient because the space itself is vast and mm-hmm. uh, we we are, ourselves are very small in this yeah. context to understand mm-hmm. we might think each of us that we are very uh, mm-hmm. just just uh, take our message for your audience mm-hmm. we all might individually think that we are very special we are unique we mm-hmm. we have different kinds of feeling for each others mm-hmm. like, right anger hate uh, or jealousy and all this mm-hmm. thing of course good feelings also mm-hmm. but at the end of the day we are stardust and we are going in there we are part of a star and we'll also be a part of a star at the end of the day and mm-hmm. all the human negativity or positivity whatever mm-hmm. it's going to be off in just a couple of years of your life mm-hmm. so be happy and uh, enjoy observing stars that's a really good learning thank you swastik for coming to the episode i would say i would like to have another uh, episode with you it was so deep and interesting i don't think i have had uh, any uh, deeper shows or d- deeper episodes till now although we have had a very few number of episodes uh, on the show but yeah thank you for coming thank you for coming and uh, thank you for listening everybody whoever listened to the uh, the fifth episode of the vimpa podcast thank you and uh, have a good day ahead Thank you everyone and uh, I also wish you all have a good day. Uh yeah. And keep enjoying your life and also keep looking at the stars because no matter what problem you have in your life the stars are always going to make you happy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you Swasti. Thank you everybody for listening to the 5th episode of the Vimbe podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye bye.